You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the FCF Leadership Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to help you lead through a personality trait. We have chosen one characteristic for each of the Enneagrams. We'll look at that characteristic through a psychological lens, a biblical lens, and then, of course, a leadership lens. We have made it all the way to nine, which is the peacemaker. At their healthiest, nines are selfless, inclusive, and flexible. They long to know that their presence matters, and they really want to have their inner stability and peace. They are natural mediators with a unique ability to harmonize others with seemingly impossible differences. But one of the biggest things nine battle with is avoidance. They try to avoid conflict, avoid decision-making, avoid their own opinions and feelings in order to avoid more conflict. That's a lot of avoidance. To help me understand a nine's thought process, I was able to speak with Dr. Pat Harrison. Pat Harrison is the founder of FCF. Along with her late husband, they founded 17 different companies, including Harrison House Publishing. Dr. Harrison is known for prophetic ministry with an emphasis on the love of God and living every day by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Enjoy. Thanks for being here today. I'm glad to be here. Or I guess I should, yeah, I should say thanks for letting me in your house today. Oh, not a problem. <laughs> not a problem. So <laughs> you are an Enneagram 9, which is the peacemaker. Yes. And I can attest that you are the peacemaker, <laughs> always making sure everyone is at peace. Yes. You even teach on peace. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's one I, of your specialties. It's, I like to teach on peace. It's important that we have peace. It is. So an Enneagram 9, one of the difficulties that they can face is they avoid things because they don't want to ruffle feathers, mm -hmm. they don't want to cause problems. So mm -hmm. in order to do that, they avoid their own feelings. Mm -hmm. They go with the flow a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Have you been... I've experienced that, yes. Okay. <laughs> in my younger years, especially because I was very introverted. Okay. So in being introverted, you very much so do that because yeah. you're mainly operating in fear all the time. Oh, interesting. You know, because um, it, you're... It's almost like your motivations are fear uh, instead of love. You know, like mm. from God, it's always a motivation of love. Uh -huh. And then when you're operating in the natural and from your own self, then it's more of a fear thing because you're in the carnal side of your sure. life. So I had to learn that, you know. And as I grew in the Lord, I did learn that. Yeah. I learned to overcome that. Mm -hmm. And of course, and then when God called me into ministry, I had to really learn to, uh, I made myself learn to be an extrovert, so to speak. Yeah. Because I had to. But even in that, you realize still there are things that you, you want to avoid because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Right. You know, you don't want to ruffle what feathers. But at the same time, in in learning to come out of my shell, so to speak, I realized I, I had to begin to face those things. Yeah. And as I did, I, I just asked the Holy Spirit to help me. That's the only thing I knew to do. Right. And, um, but he's the great helper. He is. <laughs> so um, I began to see that it wasn't so bad to, to uh, 
confront something or or say, okay, we need to talk about this. Yeah. You know, right. You don't have to be rude and ugly about exactly. it. And you don't, you know, and in my opinion, you don't pull somebody, I mean, call somebody out in front of everybody, you right. know, because that's, that brings more condemnation to that person and, and uh, self-inflicting inflicting thoughts that aren't necessary. Exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having your own thoughts and opinions on things. Exactly. And I had to learn that. Yeah. I had to learn that. I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, yes. Um, I did learn that. And I think um, really as my, my children grew and as I um, became uh, more mature in the Lord, I realized how important it was. Yes. In our lives. Yes. To to look at things and look at yourself and why did I do that? You know? And right. Why did I say such a stupid thing? You know, or whatever. And or why didn't I say yeah, something? Or, 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 yeah, was, that's what I was going to say. Or why didn't, you know, why didn't I just say this, you know? Yes. Instead of just being quiet, you know, because I was thinking it, you uh-huh. know. But there's in that that part of you. And you have to... I think, Whitney, the thing I had to learn was, yes, that's part of me and who I am as a peacemaker, but I had to learn in being a peacemaker, you don't back down from truth. Boom. Truth bomb. Right. You do not back down from truth. That is right. And I didn't realize I was doing that, but that's exactly what I was doing. Yes, ma'am. So you have to learn, no, I'm not backing down from truth. This is what needs to be done, and I will do it. I will not avoid it. That's right. And I have the Holy Spirit, and I have his wisdom, and I will speak forth in love. And when you prepare yourself all the time for that, knowing that's what you need to do for you, then when those things happen, there's that automatic, the Spirit reminds you. Uh So there's that automatic of, okay, this is what I need to do. Yes, that's so good. So I just... uh, that's how I begin to learn how to right. um, quit avoid making avoidances of things in my life. And I remember growing up, it was always brought to our attention. There is a time and a place for everything. For everything, most definitely. And as a peacekeeper, um, it can be difficult for you to address something right then and there. But if you keep in mind there's a time and a place for everything, you either create an opportunity where you can speak your truth right or you wait for that opportunity that's right so exactly right and And that's that sometimes is is um it's not always easy no but you learn exactly you you grow because you want to grow then you you begin to uh realize well this is what i can do you know and you realize well i can take this opportunity here I'm going to have this opportunity here so I can take that opportunity and do what I need to do. And you're really doing the person a disservice by not saying something. That's right. Whether they've hurt your feelings or said something, you know, incorrect or whatever. Right. You're not helping them become a better person. You're actually inhibiting them. Exactly. You're keeping them at the level that they're at. So exactly. uh, it's not really, and it's not helping you. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And you know, um, I learned that um, the flesh is a uh, growth inhibitor. Mm. Yes, because <laughs> the gro- the flesh wants to yield to the the carnal side all the time. Right. 
because that's what it knows and that's easy and right. whatever. But that uh, inhibits your growth if you keep yielding to that. Sure. And so once I rec- begin to recognize that, then that helped me in recognizing when I wasn't. Sometimes I didn't recognize it, which we don't, you yeah. know, because we're doing this and we're doing that and things are happening around us, you sure. know. But that's when I began to uh, allow the Spirit of God to work in me more to recognize. So when you were learning to come out of your shell and stop avoiding feelings, conversations, things like that, did you ever find yourself going to the opposite end of the expe- uh, spectrum where you would just kind of have like an explosion of uh, words, <laughs> yeah. you know, almost like word vomit on somebody? Yes, I did. I know. Oh, I felt horrible afterwards. You sure. Know? And I would, in fact, I would quickly go to that person and say, I'm so sorry. You know, I, um, I just should not have, you know, spoken that way and said all that. And please forgive me, and I, I repent to you, you know. Yeah. And they were always very gracious, sure. you know. But I think the key to it is making sure you um, forgive and ask, forgive yourself and Good. ask forgiveness to that other person. Yeah. That you vomited all over, so to speak. <laughs> and it's about timing, like you already said. Right. You know, making sure you're following in line with the timing that you're emotionally prepared. Because as a nine, being in that moment of trying to avoid avoiding um that timing is so important that you're emotionally prepared you're mentally prepared to handle the situation because it goes against your typical nature yes there's nothing wrong with being a peacemaker no there's nothing wrong with extending grace and peace to those around you but if it goes into a point where it is uh, attacking you, draining right. you, right. someone is taking advantage of you, you need to speak up and say something. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. Well, this is very interesting already. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a minute and hear from Dr. Bowman about what he says about avoiding. Well, now we're on number nine. This is around avoidance. Todd, what do you have to say about avoidance? Yeah, when I think about avoidance, I think about uh, kind of this adverse energy around completing things that we're created for, called to do, or compelled to do. Uh, not, not even necessarily just relationships. We've talked about being created for relationships, and sometimes we think of avoidance as a relational posture. But I think other times we're avoidant of uh, tasks, we're avoidant of responsibilities, sometimes we're even avoidant of good things like success. Uh, what comes to mind from uh, the attachment neurobiology is how uh, being created for play, created for exploration, created for novelty and discovering new things, uh, there's a very active, engaged spirit behind those that we're created for. We're created to explore the world. We're created to discover things. Uh, and uh, that, that requires a more proactive posture, an active engagement. Uh, rather than, again, this aversion to uh, sometimes accomplishing things, sometimes it's uh, a fear of being depleted, uh, whatever it is that leaves us avoidant, um, kind of the, the idea that we're created for exploration, we're created for play, we're created for discovery, uh, really suggests that we're created to actively engage and co-participate in the world that we've been blessed with having. Okay, so... He talks about avoidance, how 
You're not being proactive. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I know of you, I don't think that that uh, describes you personally, but in your, of course, I didn't know you in your younger years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you see, did you do that? Uh, yes, I think so, because uh, when you're um, in that state of avoiding, um, you're not as proactive because, again, there's fear there. Right. And so, well, what if I do it wrong or what if I say it wrong or, you know, those kind of things, thoughts come to you. And um, but I think that the way I learned to overcome that was just knowing the word of God, that the word says that, you know, I don't have a spirit of fear. God didn't give me a spirit right. of fear, but he gave me a spirit of love, power, love, and a sound mind. Mm-hmm. So I can operate in that. Mm-hmm. And so that began, as I began to, uh, I guess you would say, declare that about myself, sure. bring myself out of that, ground, ground myself in that, that, then I began to see it happening in my life, mm-hmm. which is, again, what you, really what you need to do. The reason for repetition is so that you begin to believe it yourself and see it. Yeah, that's good. And then once you know that you believe this, right. this is what you've received, then you can see it, and then it begins to happen. Yeah. And so that's kind of what what the process that I... I um, uh, worked in my life yeah. to, to, to become stronger in that area. Yeah. And you, of course, were married to an extremely strong man. Yes. Uh, <laughs> to me, he is Doc. But to yes. everyone else, he was Buddy Harrison. Right. So you guys started 17 businesses together. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, that takes a certain level of fearlessness. Yes, it does. And it it's... Uh, it's having the confidence that um, you are who God says you are and you can do what God Amen. says you can do. Yes. And you go with that confidence. And in that confidence, then you can begin to build or do or, or start businesses, whatever God's asking of you, uh, with confidence because you know that you it's something that he's asked of you. And when he asks you to do something, then he doesn't leave you helpless. That's right. You, you already know? have everything in you. Right. God has already so given you So we had the grace. We yes. had the anointing. We had what it took to see that those things were, were happening and were covered and were yeah. operating as they should. I just think it's so interesting how we get paired together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like you, That's the peacemaker with Doc, who was... I was very young when my doc passed away. Right. But uh, from what people have told me, he was a very direct person, but did it in love, but was very direct. Very direct. Um, And then you, the peacemaker. Right. And then there is me, who is a fairly direct person. Mm -hmm. And I married a nine, a peacemaker, (laughs) a peacekeeper. Right. Right. I just think it's interesting how we get paired together it's very and how it complements each other. Right. Like it causes Zach, the completeness. It does. Zach calms me down. Right. And, you know, softens those edges. And I'm sure you did the same right. for Doc. That's exactly right. And then at the same time, he probably pulled, pulled. some of that out in you as well. He did. I need your opinion. So. Right. We're doing this together. Right. Exactly. 
Exactly, most definitely, because we we never did anything without communicating about it and talking it through to make sure we both saw what we were after and um, so that we were in total agreement with it. Right. Because if you're not, then there's going to be more. There's always hitches in things. But there would be more if you were not in total agreement and and have total understanding. Right. So that's very important. And then he... Went home to be with the Lord. Yes. That was an adjustment. Uh (laughs) Um, And you became the sole decision maker. Right. With the Holy Spirit. Right. And, um, you know, we were one another's sounding board and I no longer had my sounding board, you know, and it was a little difficult. Yeah. So I had to learn that, yes, the Holy Spirit was my helper, but he's my sounding board too. Yes. It's so good. thank God for the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful that I knew him when Doc went to heaven because... I don't know what I where I would be if I didn't. I know. I don't know how people do it. I don't because he was my strength. He gave me understanding. He, I, I knew his voice, and I uh, would walk in his wisdom. Yeah. And when I knew and whatever that day held for me, I would say to the Holy Spirit that morning, "Okay, Holy Spirit, this is what I need from you today, and I thank you that." You, you give me what I need when I need it. So good. And so I would just draw on him at those times and those places. In, I love that, that you specifically identified exactly what you need. Well, that's what there's, you need to do. There's nothing wrong no. with having specific needs. No. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with identifying those specific I was needs. I say, the key to it is identifying them. Yeah. You know, because... Buddy was a business person. He did all the business side, and I did all the work put together, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, administration. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I didn't have that business mind. Mm -hmm. So I had to rely on the Holy Spirit because when when Buddy went to heaven, we were in the middle of selling. We'd already sold off a lot of our our businesses Mm -hmm. because of his illness. Mm -hmm. And we were in the middle of selling, I don't remember now, I think it was three. And like I say, I don't have a business mind, but I drew on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And he brought people yeah. back into our life, into my life that had been in mine and buddy's lives that had helped us, helped us tremendously in different areas. And he was right there for me. I mean, he, and I, that, this man that, that God brought back into my life, that had been a dear friend of mine and buddies, and especially Buddy, because uh, they bounced off of one another, you know, so to speak, mm-hmm. their ideas yeah. and you know, things that were happening and that kind of thing. But anyway, and I mean, he, but it was because I drew on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I said, Holy Spirit, I don't know this. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Besides that, I'm in a fog. <laughs> right. You know, and... I mean, just step by step, you know, he led me, he, he guided me, he brought into my life what, who I needed, what I needed, when, and it was all settled. Awesome. And done right. That's good. And if I hadn't known to do that, if I hadn't grown to the point where I was then, I would have been a wor- in a world of hurt. <laughs> right. If you hadn't already come out of your avoidance. Right. Right. You would have probably avoided even more. Right. Oh, yeah. And just completely that's shut down. Completely shut down. That's exactly right. Wow. And Hadn't thought know, about that. And, you know, I want to make this point that 
I'm free of that and yeah. I walk in uh, what I've learned from that. But at the same time, there are times when you're tempted <laughs> sure, to go back to that. But don't be discouraged about that and don't don't get, you know, oh, well, what am I doing wrong? No, just say, no, I am free from being walking in avoidance. And so I don't receive it back into my life. Good. I know I will do what I need to do right. Yeah. And so that that's up to you, mm -hmm. you know, to receive it or not receive it. Yeah. So God is a good God, so we yes, only receive good. That's and right. Avoidance is in your life, you know, allowing that to be in your life is not good. Yeah. Because you really never come to the understanding of who you are and what you're supposed to be doing uh, completely. That is so accurate. I hadn't thought about that. You avoid tough decisions, hard questions, mm -hmm. and in order to find out exactly what God has called you to do, right. you have to address those things. You have to. You have to ask the tough questions. You have to. And if you're walking in avoidance, the likelihood of you fully understanding that is quite minuscule. Yes, yes it is. Most definitely. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. So I'm just thankful. You know, yeah. I'm really thankful that, that I, I learned that and I allowed myself to grow in those areas and to come out of that. There are times that I think, wow, <laughs> I should know more than what I know, but you know, you are where you are. That's right. And that's okay. And, and everybody's on a journey to get better. That's exactly right. None Always. of us are ever complete. Nope. At any age. At you're any 80. Age. Is that okay that I said that? That's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still not complete now. You're still I'm still she, working on things in my life. Are you kidding me? We are doing the Dream It, Pen It, Live It book by Terry Seville Foy in the office. And she comes and does it. She's creating a vision board right now. So I'm just saying there is never a time where you stop growing and learning and getting better. No, there is not. There's always space for getting better. <laughs> Always. <laughs> okay, let's hear what Patrick has to say about avoidance from a biblical perspective. Yeah. Throughout Scripture, we see this need for activation. Even James says that faith without corresponding actions is dead. It's like a body that has no spirit. When we think of activations, faith always moves. Faith acts. So faith is this intimate trust that we have with God that compels us to action. So when we pause and think about our inactivity, why, why are we being inactive? And we look below the surface and we find what those root systems of fear are. I think it's so important, whether it's an avoidant relationship or if it's an avoidant uh, execution on a goal or a strategy, that we remember that what helps us work through and beyond where we're being avoidant is to have people in our lives that we do trust and we lean into with confidence. There's an interesting verse in Proverbs that says, every purpose is established by counsel. And the idea of counsel is you have somebody outside of you who is lending you their energy, lending you their logical ideas, lending you their perspectives so that you now will not be stuck, but you will activate. And then it goes on to say, with good advice, make war. When we have relationships in our lives that know us, I don't mean know us like our name, but actually know our weaknesses, the fragility of our heart and soul, where we tend to be avoidant. 
if we as pastors have ever had moments where somebody left our church, the next time somebody starts having the symptoms, if you will, of leaving, maybe they slowed down their giving, their serving, and I mean all the handwritings on the wall, what will happen is that perhaps as a pastor, you'll note it and they'll think, I don't want to lean in on them. It's going to hurt. I want to avoid. And yet what we have to have are relationships. We can borrow their energy, lean back into the people, because truly sometimes people slow down, not because of you, but because of pain in their life. And love is always going to calm. Being interested, valuing people. And then after that, if they decide to leave anyway, you know, that's, that's something that just happens in a world that we live in. But for us, avoidance is something that we protect so that we can feel like that we're safe when in fact, God has made us so much bigger than that. Well, that was good. That was real good. I really, that was, I enjoyed that. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to ask you before we listened to him was, did you have anybody besides Doc that would talk to you about coming out of your shell or uh, try to encourage you to break out? Yes, yes. I had um, a couple of close friends that we, we always converse one another about ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, and what we felt we needed and where we were. And through that, the Lord always, you know, helped us and we were always helped. We helped one another. Sure. And uh, it was always encouragement, you know, um, because um, you're just, um, uh, I, I think, um, because I was more introverted with mine mm -hmm. and the avoidance came from that, mm -hmm. that I was insecure, sure. you know. And um, I remember one of these friends, and I was always concerned that, you know, I didn't look as good as the next person, and I, I didn't, I didn't do this and mm -hmm. that. And so one of my friends, these of these two, one day she said to me, she said, "You know, you don't have to apologize for what you have on or how you look. You always look great." She said, "You need to stop doing that." And it made me think, and it made me go look at myself, you yeah. know, because I didn't even realize I was doing it. Sure, you know, but. When I began to look at it and I began to see and look back on conversation, I thought, oh, my Lord, how terrible. No wonder wonder they didn't even stick with me, you know. <laughs> but then once I recognized that, I said, okay, Lord, help me uh, with this insecurity. I don't need this. It's not yeah. necessary. Yeah. And I'm secure in you, so this is not necessary. Yeah, that's good. And so when you... I just can't emphasize it enough, I guess, Whitney. When you learn to rely on the Holy Spirit, yes. he will always give you an answer and he will always give you wisdom. He always directs you back to Jesus, who is, is I mean, he's gone through everything and yes. was the perfect person, you right. know, and he's the perfection that we're to be looking at. So I, I just thank God, you know, for that and, and that I had those people in my life. And they're still in my life to this day, and praise God for it, you know, <laughs> because uh, we know one another so well, right. and, you know, that if somebody, if one of us starts to say something, we say, no, that's not necessary, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we just start laughing, yeah. you know, uh, because we know we've grown past that. 
So I found it, it interesting when he was, you know, that was a pretty long explanation, one mm-hmm. of the longest he's ever done. Mm-hmm. But uh, he touched on almost everything that you specifically teach on in this uh, phase of your ministry. Yes. You're still traveling and ministering and yes. teaching on the simplicity of the Holy Spirit. Yes. But you also talk about uh, the love of God. Yes. Most definitely. You teach on faith. Yes. Uh, you teach on faith without action, faith without work. So much of what you do, you yes. walk in a prophetic and healing mm-hmm. uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. I just find it so interesting that what he was talking about is almost like exhibited with your ministry. And and that does happen. And it's just what I've gone through in my life right. and what I've learned, you know. Yeah. Because that's how the Lord spoke to me about ministry. He said... I want you to be very simple and very practical with the teaching of the word because he said, my word is simple. He said, it's your mind that makes it difficult. Mm -hmm. So once I really got a hold of that, then it was, then I was comfortable with uh, being who I was in God and what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, you have to ask, you can't just go around wondering. Right. I wonder about this and I wonder about that. Well, you're never going to get any answers if you don't ask. Right. <laughs> so if there were, if there was a pastor or ministry leader that's a nine, and they are avoiding those difficult um, decisions, those difficult conversations with the people that are under them, what would be a piece of advice you have for them? Well, first of all, I would say to them, you know, you need to begin to look at yourself and to know why within yourself you have uh, these advo- these things that you want to avoid mm-hmm. and ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Mm-hmm. And then second, once he shows you, you should have faith enough faith in God because God is the one that's always here to help us. Yep then you exercise your faith by putting that into action in your life because whatever the Holy Spirit tells you about that is going to destroy that and help you move forth in uh, doing what you need to do with whatever situation it is. That's good. And uh, those are the first things because you have to look at you first. Right. You can't overcome something without looking at yourself and looking inward right. to why do I think the way I do? Why do I do this? Mm-hmm. And then once you put it into action, uh, in your faith into action of what God has said to you by, the, by his Holy Spirit, then you will begin to see actually your, your thinking begins to change mm-hmm. in that area. And you say, oh, well, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get up and do it. Right. <laughs> it's, not, it's not enough to be, have understanding of the situation. Yes. You have to do something with the understanding. Right. And so that would be my my big, big thing to me because yep. that's how I learned and grew so much uh, within myself personally, you know, mm-hmm. was um, confronting those issues and allowing the Holy Spirit to help me uh, move forward away from that mm-hmm. because uh, uh, it's like Patrick said, you know, your faith is, is, is always moving forward. Right. So we have to make sure... We're always moving forward. Are we recognized? We're not in faith. Yeah. We're not moving forward. Mm, interesting. So, uh, but how does faith work? Work 
faith worketh by love. Yeah. So uh, I tell people all the time, if you don't feel your faith is working, check up on your love walk. Oh, interesting. Because faith worketh by love. I had God say this to me one day. He said, understand this, I am love and I work by faith. And that's how you are to be because that's how I created you. When I put my spirit in you, you are like me in mm -hmm. the spirit realm, in the real you. So you are love and you work by faith. Mm -hmm. So all you receive from him, all you receive in helping yourself is by faith and trusting him totally because he is truth. Mm -hmm. That's good. So I I just think that, I, I really think that a lot of times, Whitney, um, <clears throat> as people, as pastors, as leaders, we don't look at ourselves first. We start looking out here. Right. But you got to look inside. Look inside. Okay. Yep. What is motivating me? Why mm. am I doing this? Mm -hmm. That's most important. That's good. And then I I keep thinking about um, as someone who's serving under someone else, and if if you're nine serving under somebody else, uh, if they tell you something to work on, it's not a direct attack on you. No. They're not trying to ruffle your feathers no. or cause you discomfort. Um, it is for your benefit most of the time. Yes, it is. And just like you said, it is mm -hmm. your responsibility at that point to ask yourself, what's motivating me? Do right. I need to change? Anytime someone brings a critique to us, our first thing shouldn't be to point the finger back, mm -mm. but to point the finger at ourselves, at ourselves and ask God, do I need to work on this? Yes, Holy exactly. Spirit, help me with this. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because you can't, um, to me, you can't keep going forward if you're not examining yourself yeah, and looking at yourself and seeing how I can be better and what I can do to help myself grow more and keep moving forward. Yeah. Or you probably could keep moving forward, but you're setting yourself up for failure. Exactly. Because eventually all of that stuff is going to come to a head. Exactly. And it's exactly right. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with me oh, today. Oh, thank you for having me. I've enjoyed I it very, very much. All of your words of wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today. I have to add that at the age of 80, Dr. Harrison is still traveling and teaching. If you would like to book her for your meeting or church, please contact Laura Bronson at laurab at fcf.org. I want to take a minute and thank Dr. Bowman and Patrick Norris for all their time and expertise on the characteristics. They helped us understand how and why people are the way they are and helped us become even better leaders. If you haven't already, make sure you take some kind of personality assessment, have your team do it, have your family do it. You will be a better leader if you know exactly who you're talking to. Thank you again for taking this journey with me. If you have any questions about what we have learned here or about FCF in general, you can go to our website, fcf.org, or email us at info at fcf.org. Thanks for listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. To learn more, go to fcf.org.